You are listening to Church Talk with Isaac. All right. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Church Talk with Isaac. I am your host, Isaac Watson, and I am, again, so grateful for all of the listeners who tune in uh, week after week, month after month uh, into this particular uh, podcast, this particular platform. Uh, Listen, you all have been uh, doing a a tremendous job with sharing and spreading the word. I've been getting so much good feedback uh, over uh, time, over the years now at this point uh, regarding this particular platform. So, again, thank you all so very much. I am eternally grateful. Uh, And uh, I would like you to do this. If this is your first time listening in, do me a favor. Take some time right now if you have to pause uh, this recording, if you have to pause this podcast, go ahead and do so and take a moment. If you're listening on a platform where you can rate uh, as well as uh, leave a review regarding this particular platform, Church Talk with Isaac, how it's blessed you, how you have been enriched through it, how you may have learned uh, through it. I want to encourage you, take about a minute or so and rate it as well as leave a review. I absolutely love to hear your feedback. I love to hear uh, what many of you say. Uh, I actually go back and read it. And I also take time and I uh, I, I read them uh, on, uh, on the platform so that others can also hear uh, what to expect from this particular podcast. So take a moment and do that. And uh, what I wanna do at this, at this time is I wanna kinda jump right into today's topic. Um, I want to talk about weaponizing the Bible and what happens when we weaponize the Bible. Uh, and uh, it's, it's very sad because one of the things that I've seen, I, I think everyone has kind of seen this, is when people, um, they're skeptical about Christianity. They're, they're skeptical about uh, the church because of the amount of abuse that has transpired through the church. Uh, in the marginalization of people, um, through the abuse, through uh, many of the things that we see where the Bible has been weaponized. And literally what happens is because people may have used the Bible in a negative way or for a selfish gain or um, uh, for monetary gain or for um, personal exposure, whatever it may be, because we've seen people do that, we oftentimes have a tendency to want to throw out the entire baby with the bathwater. And I want to let you all know that just because someone may abuse a particular thing, it doesn't mean that the thing within itself is evil, it's wrong, it was created for an evil purpose, whatever the case may be. Um, No, it's just that there's some people who may have used it in a negative sense in order to advance themselves or their own mission or or whatever it may be uh, for selfish gain. So I want to take time to actually look at some of those things. I want to talk about the weaponization or the weaponizing of the Bible because I believe that if we are to really live out our lives uh, in Christ likeness, that we have to understand a few things. Now, whenever you don't understand the purpose of a thing, you will inevitably abuse it. All right. Let me say that again. Whenever you don't understand the purpose of a thing, you're going to find yourself abusing that thing. And when it comes to the Bible, many people read the Bible quite honestly without understanding the purpose of the Bible. And because of that, the Bible has become more of a weapon for some people than it than it is a tool. 
And the fact of the matter is that the Bible for believers, for Christians, the Bible should be used as a tool in which lies, uh, I believe, many of the expectations of the faith, the hopes of the faith and the doctrines for Christian living. And uh, that is what we should gain when we are looking at the Bible, when we're breaking down the Bible, when we're studying the scriptures, we should be able to understand what the expectations of the faith is. What are the hopes of Christian living and what are the doctrines for Christian living? Um, So what I think we have to really begin to look at is the purpose of the Bible. Um, Many people and I I did a couple different courses on this. I'm going to offer one in the near future. Um, But many of, uh, you know, the people that read the Bible, they read it without understanding it. So let's talk about what the Bible is. The Bible is God's covenant book for God's covenant people. It's God's covenant book for God's covenant people. And the problem many times of what I've seen as to how it gets abused is because when you don't understand that you take the Bible, you take what you read and you automatically apply it to your immediate context your immediate situation without understanding that that the Bible itself has a context. It has an immediate situation. It has a culture that is speaking to a certain type of people who thought a particular way throughout the ages. So we, we cannot automatically look at it and assume that what we're reading, we are to apply everything that we're reading directly and literally to our lifestyle. Because everything in the Bible, although it's written for you, everything in it is not written directly to you. And what I found out as to why it's abused oftentimes is because you have people who may understand the Old Testament, but they don't understand the new. But then you have people who may read the new, but they don't understand the old. Or if they you have people that may read both, but they don't understand the relationship that the old and the new should have with one another. And literally what begins to happen when this is the case is it it literally causes like a meshing and a melting pot of confusion, of impure religion and of abuse. So we got to be able to understand that the Bible is God's covenant book for God's covenant people. The old Testament is about is God's covenant book written to the literal nation of Israel. The New Testament is a book that's written to uh, uh, the new covenant creation, the new covenant um, body uh, uh, of Christ or the new covenant Israel, which is the church. So the old covenant or the Old Testament is, is God's covenant with Israel. The New Testament or the new covenant is God's covenant with his church. We don't understand that. You try to add some of what was intended for Israel and you try to apply it to, to uh, you try to apply it to the church and it's misappropriated. Right. So we have to understand that first. I want to give you all a scripture because, again, oftentimes what happens is a melting pot of confusion, uh, which ultimately leads to abuse. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses five through 10, this is what it says. Therefore, when he came into the world, he said, sacrifice and offering you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin. You had no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come in the volume of the book. It is written of me to do your will. O God, 
Now, this is Jesus saying, behold, I have come in the volume of the book is written of me to do your will, O God. Verse eight, previously saying sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin. You did not desire nor had pleasure in them which are offered according to the law. This is speaking of the law of Moses. Verse nine, it says, then he said, he being Jesus, behold, I have come to do your will. O God, he takes away the first that he may establish the second. Now I want y'all to hear this. This is talking about how God takes away the first covenant that he may establish the second verse 10 says by that will, by that will we have been sanctified let me read that again because I'm, I'm, you know, reading it wrong. Verse 10 says, by that we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So in other words, this is in other words, this is saying that the that that the sacrifices which were offered under the Old Testament, where they were offered bulls and goats and rams and and uh, all of these animal sacrifices, they were not sufficient. But it says in verse 10, it says in verse 10 that by by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. So in other words, Jesus's sacrifice became that thing which satisfied um, uh, uh, it satisfied uh, what was necessary in order for us to be sanctified in him. When you don't understand that Jesus came to, to, to satisfy um, what was required of the law, you try to apply uh, uh, the law, the literal law to the church. And literally what begins to happen is all types of things, just not the law, but the Old Testament. When you try to apply it to the church, literally what happens is we begin to see all types of abuses. You begin to see when you when you when you look at the Old Testament and you begin to read the storyline, you begin to read the genealogies. You begin to say that such and such was begotten by such and such. He begets such and such. He begets such and such. And literally you're reading all of these male names. So now. In your mind, even though we're living in 2022, in your mind, now you're saying that God is all about patriarchy, that God is all about men and the, and, and, and the male ruling everything. So now you create doctrines and you create uh, teachings and ideologies that's, pre that's based upon misogyny. Why y'all, man, listen. Are y'all listening to me? You begin to create doctrines and teachings that um, that now stems uh, uh, into female oppression. You begin to read what's written and you be, and, and now you begin to say uh, um, because the oldest son is the one who traditionally, according to Jewish thought, receives the blessing. You never read about daughters receiving a blessing. So now men are blessed and women are cursed. Sons are blessed. And, and daughters are cursed. Your seed isn't blessed unless you have a male or a man or, or a male child. So now you begin to uh, create this system of thought and teaching that says that men are ultimately better than women because that's the model that we see laid out in the Bible. So then you begin to say, I'm just following the Bible. Or how about the idea that uh, that God chose one particular nation in order to uh, exhibit his glory through? So now you have the nation of Israel that we say that God favors. And there are even some today. It's a doctrine called Zionism that teaches that God still favors the, uh, the nation or the state of Israel today, which was reinstituted in, I believe, 1948 
Um, now God, uh, you know, now he, uh, uh, he favors that nation. And now even here in the Western world, for those of you who are living, uh, who, who are listening internationally, uh, of course, I'm from the United States. And now in the Western world, you even have some particularly evangelicals and, and, and there may be other uh, different denominations and spheres of, of a, of, um, uh, a Christendom who may, who may say that God favors America as a nation, that America is God's chosen people. And the other nations are pagan or goat nations that America is a sheep nation and the other nations are goat nations. So now you have created an ideology that speaks of nationalism. <laughs> when you look at the scriptures, you read certain things and now you create weaponized ideas that says that America is better than other nations, that other nations need to repent. That God is going to bless America. He's going to curse other nations. You're weaponizing the Bible. Now you weaponize it to create ideologies around marriage, around authority within the church that says um, that God only uses certain types of people, that he only speaks through fivefold ministers or elders, or that you are the only prophet in the church, or you're the, because you're the apostle, you're the ultimate authority and that everybody has to submit to you. You've created, you know, you've weaponized the Bible now in order to institute authoritative control. You know, we've seen where many people say, well, the Bible uh, of Christianity is a white man's religion. Well, that's not true. It's a Middle Eastern book. How can it be a white man's religion when it was written before the Europeans even got to it? So some things what what transpired was that Europeans or the white man use about they weaponize the Bible in order to enforce um, slavery, in order to enforce um, the uh, um, the indoctrination of slaves to say that you have to obey your masters. You read something in scripture that had a particular context and now you're applying it to your own personal context and you're weaponizing it. I've seen many people weaponize the Bible in order to affirm their political position or their national position, whatever it may be. And we say things like God is a Republican or, you know, or God is a Democrat. Well, most people don't believe God is Democratic. But the fact of the matter is that God is neither Republican or Democratic. God is kingdom. He doesn't subscribe. He doesn't. He, come on. He doesn't subscribe to any particular uh, uh, political party. God is not even American. But we've made them American. And we weaponize the Bible in order to say that what we believe is righteous and what other people believe is not. All Democrats are going to hell. We've weaponized the Bible in order to enforce whatever we believe to be righteous. But really what that righteousness may be is legalism, which leads people into another form of bondage. So when you don't understand the purpose of the Bible, it can easily become weaponized. And we have to understand, as I, as I read in the book of Hebrews, that Jesus said, I've come in the volume of the book. So in other words, the entire book, the intention of the Bible was to reveal Jesus Christ. It wasn't to enforce a, a patriarchy. It wasn't to oppress women. It wasn't to talk about how women are to, you know, come into submission or slavery in some instances to their husband. You got some people that believe it's OK to beat their wives like, like it's their children. 
It wasn't there to enforce authoritative control or slavery or or uh, any type of racism or nationalism or political favoring or, or anything like that. The purpose of the Bible is to reveal God's ultimate covenant plan for mankind, which is this be reconciled to God through fellowship in Christ. That's the whole purpose of it. I've heard it said it this way, and I agree that the Old Testament is Jesus Christ concealed. The New Testament or the New Covenant is Jesus Christ revealed. The entire purpose of the book is reconciliation with God through fellowship in Christ. Some people, they, they think they're more spiritual because they read something in the Old Testament and they think that because they think a particular way as far as, you know, God made, you know, a creation a particular way or or uh, God created the firstborn in order to be this. And, and I've heard people say things like, notice the Bible doesn't talk about queens. It talks about kings and it doesn't talk about princesses. It talks about the prince of peace. And and, you know, all of these things that shows forth a male supremacy. But what we have to understand is that although those things were relevant in a particular time, those things were only types and shadows of a greater reality and greater truth that was intended. When you understand the Bible, you understand that they were intended to reveal a greater purpose. Amen. True spirituality is not found in many of the things that we use to control or to cause other people to submit to us. True spirituality is found in Jesus Christ. Jesus is true spirituality. Amen. Christ likeness is the goal of true spirituality. It ain't about speaking in tongues. It's not about how much you fast. It's not about, you know, what you wear. It's not about whether you have earrings or whether you have a beard. It ain't about none of those things. Christ likeness is the goal of true spirituality. Paul even said this. He said, he said, nobody else should be able to lay any other foundation than the foundation that I have laid, which is Jesus Christ. He even went as far as to say, I don't in the book of, of uh, Galatians, he went as far as to say, I don't even care if an angel comes down and, 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 and tells you another gospel. Don't believe it. No other foundation can be laid than the foundation which has been laid by me, which is Jesus Christ. So when so so when you read the Old Testament without understanding that the old is only a shadow of a more authentic reality, you're going to try to apply what was intended to only be temporal as if it was the main purpose, as if it was the main course, as if it was the main design, when in fact it was only intended to be temporal. Patriarchy was only meant to be temporal. The firstborn blessing was only meant to be temporal. God favoring a physical nation was only meant to be temporal. The law of Moses was only meant to be temporal. But the reality, the substance is of Christ. So in other words, God used the temporal to reveal the eternal plan of God, which is through Jesus Christ. Jesus became, he was the firstborn. He received the firstborn blessing. Therefore, everyone who is in Christ had become a new creation. Everyone who's in Christ 
also receives the firstborn blessing because we share in his likeness. We fellowship in his sonship. Jesus not only was the firstborn, but he became the last Adam. So everything that was prophesied or everything that was revealed concerning Adam, Adam is not our model. Jesus then becomes our model. So it's not about necessarily what was written uh, in Genesis that reveals to us our model. Uh, that was a type and shadow. There are some things that are there that displays a certain uh, aspect of what we're called to do. But the reality, the substance is of Jesus Christ. Amen. Am I saying you're not made in this image? No, you're still made in this image. But everything that everything that happened in the old that came to bring about oppression, that came to bring about sin, that came to bring about transgression. Jesus came to undo and to reveal true purpose. He became the last Adam. He became the chosen nation, the favored nation. He became true Israel. He is true Israel. He is the Jesus is the favored tribe. He is the favored nation. He is the king, the priest after the order of Melchizedek. He is the king. He is the priest. He is the true husband and the standard of what it means to be a husband. He lays out what it means to be a wife and what it looks like to be a healthy family. Amen. Jesus comes and what he does is he says all of these things that you've used in order to abuse people and to abuse yourself and to abuse my church. I've come to reveal to you a greater revelation. I've come to level the playing field for the marginalized and offer redemption and reconciliation. Amen. Galatians chapter three, verse 26 through 29. It says this. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So you are a son. You are an heir, male and female. So what God did is he used that. He used that patriarchy. He used that uh, uh, um, that firstborn seed, that male seed in order to say, look, what I once did through a man, I'm now doing through Jesus Christ. So now it doesn't matter if you're a man, if you're a female, if you're a boy, if you're a girl, if you're old, if you're young, as long as you're in that man, you have all of the benefits, all of the blessings, all of the inheritances that that man, Jesus Christ, you've been baptized into his body. So now you have everything that has been given unto him. There is neither male nor female. There is neither bond nor, come on, bond nor free. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. That talks about racial, come on, divides. That talks about, uh, uh, um, that talks about sex, sex divides as far as gender divides. That talks about social divides. Everything that you need, you now have in and through Christ Jesus. And if anyone teaches something contrary, they're teaching contrary to what Jesus has intended or what God has intended, because the Bible from beginning to end has all been about the revelation, the revealing, the unfolding of what we have as mankind in Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. When we are reconciled with God through our fellowship in Christ. Amen. So he's not about weaponizing the Bible. Weaponization leads to abuse and oppression. And uh, and and uh, this happens when when uh, when the reading or the understanding of what you're reading is absent from the spirit of Christ, you have to read it 
as it relates to what Jesus has made available to you. You can't read it and try to understand it with your carnal intellectual mind. You have to understand the spirit. Jesus said the words that I speak to you are spirit in their life. Paul said, hallelujah to Timothy. He said, he said uh, that the scriptures, all scripture is God breathed. Which means that it's intended to be spiritual. When you read it, when you study it, you have to read it and study it through the lens of the spirit. You have to read it and study it through the lens of Jesus Christ. Amen. I'm going to go through one scripture and I'm going to wrap up. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verses 12 through 18. It says, therefore, since we have such hope, we use great boldness of speech. Unlike Moses, uh, who put a veil over his face so that the children of Israel could not look steadily at the end of what was passing away. Talking about the law, the old covenant passing away. Verse 14. But their minds were blinded for until this day, the same veil remains unlifted in the reading of the Old Testament because the veil is taken away in Christ. But even to this day, when Moses is read, a veil lies on their heart. Nevertheless, when one turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now, the Lord is the spirit and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. So in other words, when you read and understand without understanding Christ, it's like reading uh, with a veil over your face. And the only way that the veil is removed through your mind, through your reading and from your heart is through Christ Jesus. Amen. And the way that we know this, according to the scriptures, is um, is is uh, let me say it like this. One of the fruits of the veil being removed is that you will begin to be transformed into the same image of Christ. That's one of the main differences. Typically, those who weaponize the Bible, they look to change others. But those who are enlightened by the light of Christ, they look to be transformed. Is your doctrine looking to change others or is it looking for you to be transformed into the image of Christ? I said all that to say we are not to throw out the baby with the bathwater. We are not to say uh, uh, that because we've seen the Bible abused. That the Bible needs to, we need to get rid of it. It's an amazing tool. Amen. It's an amazing benefit. Amen. For those of us who have one. It's an, it's come on. It's God breathed. Meaning that everything in it. God actually breathed it out. For our benefit. Because through it lies in the story. From beginning to end. Of the redemption and the plan of mankind through Jesus Christ. Don't throw it out. Don't use it as a weapon. Learn to use it as a tool by understanding what its purpose is. All right. Listen, I hope that this this uh, this episode blessed you. If it did, share it with someone. Um, and uh, thank you all for tuning in again. Do me a favor. Send me some topics. Go to my website, IsaacWatsonMinistries.com. It's going to be a link uh, in this episode where you can click on it. Go to my website and do me a favor. Send me some topics that you'd like me to cover. I would more than uh, be happy to cover some of your topics to the best of my ability. All right. I love you all. I pray you all have a great day. Have a great week. And until next time, 
Be blessed. Thank you for listening to Church Talk with Isaac. If you enjoy our content and benefit from this podcast, do me a favor and subscribe, leave a review, and share with your friends, family, and colleagues. I'm also on all social media platforms and would love to connect with you. You can also partner with us by visiting IsaacWatsonMinistries.com and clicking Donate. Your partnership helps us to get the message of Jesus through Isaac Watson Ministries to the world. Talk to you soon.